Hey guys, thanks so much for checking out the podcast. You guys have done a phenomenal job of supporting through season one and into season two, and I can't thank you enough. These first set of episodes are a little rough around the edges because I was still figuring out what the podcast was going to become. So if you haven't taken a listen to any of season two yet, I urge you to do that. But other than that, just strap in and enjoy the ride. We have had so much fun making this for you guys. Thank you so much. Hey guys, welcome to the Nashville for Nobody's podcast. I am your host, Bobby Gordon, also known as Story Bob. On today's episode, I am my own guest. Yes, I am the only one here, so this is going to be a solo episode. It's my first solo episode, so I can't wait to hear what you guys think. So without any further ado, I'm literally just going to keep talking, I guess. So, a little bit about me since... Uh, since I've interviewed guests on here, but I haven't really gone into detail of who I am, what I do, and all that jazz. Um, I grew up in western Kentucky, um, started playing music like for real, for real um, in middle school, but before that I was always playing around with musical instruments. My dad is a drummer, And so I always had a drum or would play with his guitar or whatever. There was always some kind of musical instrument that I had access to. So I was playing music literally all my life and started um, taking it serious and really like learning how to play um, in about sixth grade. Um, I started... Shortly after that, setting in with my dad's band, he would let me play drums for a song or two. Whenever he played somewhere, I could go with him. So that was a lot of fun, and that got me introduced to performing and playing on stage at a very young age. So I never had to deal with stage fright or any anxiety or anything going into that because I didn't know I was supposed to be scared. I was still young enough to where... I was in my own little bubble, and I didn't realize that I had to worry about what other people thought. So I've never had a problem with stage fright. If I'm nervous before a show, it's only because I'm worried about how the show itself is going to go. So if I'm playing with um, some people that I'm not comfortable playing with, or if I'm not comfortable with the material, I'll get a little nervous. But it's got nothing to do with being on stage in front of people. I've never never had a problem with that. Um, moving to high school, I did marching band. I did a little bit of jazz band. Um, but the big takeaway from high school was that's when I joined my first, I'm going to call it a rock band. It was probably more of like a pop rock thing. I don't know. We did some weird music, but um, I met my good friend Zach Groves, which I would love to get him on the podcast at some time. That would be awesome. But um, we started a band together. Um, I played uh, two or three years with them. That was a whole lot of fun. Um, As far as I know, he's still playing. Um, I believe he's in Louisville 
Um, I know he moved back to Western Kentucky for a little while, but I think he's back in Louisville now. Um, last I checked, he was still playing, so that was cool. Um, also, it's storming outside, so there was just some thunder, and it kind of scared the crap out of me. So that's a thing that happens. Anywho, uh, in a band, played through high school. Um, right out of high school, I went on tour with a punk band. We played 48 states in 48 days, and it was absolutely miserable and some of the most fun I've ever had in my life. But if you ever get the chance to do 48 states in 48 days, absolutely do not do that. It you, It's miserable. Um... But that was my first touring experience, and that was neat. I uh, realized about a weekend that I couldn't stand any of the people that I was on the road with, so that was a lot of fun. Um, got off the road, I immediately quit the band. Like, I was absolutely done with them. The, we did a CD, and it was the first time that I, I was ever in a studio and was recorded. And that CD is up on Spotify, but it's it's not good at all. So, yeah, we're just going to leave that one alone. Um, uh, played in bands around Western Kentucky for the next forever. Um, then moved to Clarksville about five years ago. And that's when I started playing in Nashville. Um, definitely skipping over a lot of things, but for the most part, I mean, it was just, yeah. I did a little bit of traveling and some stuff like that, but not a whole, whole lot. It was mostly weekend cover gig things, so nothing too out of the ordinary. Uh, get to Nashville. Um, I met Tyler Deaver super early in my Nashville career, and he got on Broadway, um, I mean, literally right about the same time that I met him, and pulled me onto Broadway with him, and then from there, I just, I started meeting people, and playing with people, and that's how my Broadway career started. So, in short, that's my story, uh, covering about... 20 plus years of playing professionally and by professionally I mean playing and getting at least some money for it all right now Broadway works a little bit different than your typical cover band scene in most areas so on Broadway um, which is a strip of a whole bunch of bars um, the clubs are set up in circuits so if you work one bar, for example, Tootsie's, um, then you work the whole Tootsie circuit, which is, in this case, like four or five bars. So, And then each bar has multiple floors, so you get like a total of 10, 12, 15 different stages that you get booked on regularly. And it's more of 
a scheduled thing than it is a go out and book a singular gig. So in Western Kentucky, I would go out to whatever bar and I'd be like, hey, my band would like to play here. And they would book us for um, a Saturday night. Or if we were lucky, they might do uh, a couple of Saturday nights in, in one run so that we could do like a Saturday and then three weeks later play another Saturday or something like that. On Broadway, because it's a tourist turnaround, they can have you play as often as they want. So a lot of times, like once you're in that circuit, they'll book you however many times a week. Um, and some guys are playing, or some artists are playing five or six shows a week, and then the band members play with multiple artists, so it's easy to rack up a full schedule in no time, uh, playing on Broadway just because of how it works, and it's not constantly calling clubs and booking, you're getting, uh, or the artist is getting a schedule every week, and then if you play with that artist regularly, you get that schedule, so it's uh, it's a little bit more consistent, and you can count on it a little bit more than your standard situation in other places. So in that aspect, it's a lot more stable than a lot of situations that musicians are in in pretty much any other city. And the other cool thing about Broadway, um, I made sure to separate the artists from the musicians because the artists get the shifts for the most part and then they put the band together. So I might get a call from guy A and he's like, hey, uh, we have a shift Tuesday night. And I'll be like, oh man, I'm sorry, I'm already booked Tuesday. Well, he's going to call the next drummer on his list and so on and so forth until he finds a guy that's available. And everybody on Broadway pretty much has, like, their guys. And then when their guys can't do it, they've got a list of guys that they know and have played with and that they're comfortable with, and they'll hire one of those guys. So in in the course of a week, like this week, for example, I'm playing with um, one, two, three, four different artists – throughout the week and it's for completely different bands um for the most part i don't think i'm playing with anybody in one band and then them again in another so i get to play with a whole lot of different people even in a short span like a week but because of that and because of the way that situation works it's not well i play with artist a and he's doing three gigs so i have three gigs It's Artist A has three gigs, and so I'm playing those gigs with him, but I'm also playing two gigs with Artist B and two gigs with Artist C, and so I can keep working even though the quote-unquote band I'm playing with doesn't have any more gigs. So in that aspect, it's really nice because if, if you can get the gigs, you can pretty much play as much as you want to. Um... Broadway is set up in shifts, and almost all of the bars follow, if not the exact same schedule, a very similar schedule. So first band usually goes on somewhere between 10 and 11 in the morning, depending on the bar. But the shift is usually 10 to 2, 2 to 6, 6 to 10, and then 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., and that's when the bars shut down. 
Um, some of the bars will go longer. They'll go to like 2.30, um, something like that. But that's that's typically the shift layout. And if you want to and you can get the gigs, you can play all of that. You can play from 10 a.m. to 2 a.m. And I know guys that have done it and do it on occasion, but it's rough. Um, I've done a crap ton of doubles, um, quite a few triples, but I've never done a quad. Um, triples kill me. If I do a triple, it usually takes me a couple days to completely recover, but it absolutely kills me. And each shift being four hours, you're looking at um, 12 hours roughly of playing. If you factor in setup and teardown, it's usually three and a half per shift, so it's not quite. It's it's closer to like ten and a half, but I mean that's still twelve hours of work, and like it's constant work. So I try not to do triples too often unless it's just like a really good situation. But doubles I'll do pretty much any time, and then of course singles I'll take any time. <clears throat> Um, so that's pretty much how Broadway works, and that's why a lot of guys can make quite a bit of money playing Broadway. Um, even like, so your major artists, um, all of their bands, all of their musicians, most of them will play Broadway. So like, if they're not on the road, then they'll be picking up gigs on Broadway. Um, I've played with so many guys that have had road gigs with big names. Um, played with Carrie Underwood's fiddle player a handful of times before I knew it was Carrie Underwood's fiddle player. So that was nice. Um, and, and like you meet a bunch of guys and then they get picked up for road gigs. So like, um, Josh Grayson has, uh, picked up a few of my friends, um, to go on the road with him for stints at a time. Um, I had a buddy go on the road with Midland. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's, it's all those guys. Like, all those guys are Broadway guys. Or at least a lot of them are. So, chances are, if you're hanging out on Broadway listening to a band, at least one of the guys plays for quite possibly one of your favorite country artists. And that's a really cool dynamic. So I'm getting to play with literally some of the best musicians in my field. And it can be a whole lot of fun. Um, that being said, uh, the off-season. So summertime is the on-season. That's the, that's the busy season. So all of the road guys are usually on the road because that's touring season. And so guys on Broadway are getting a lot more shifts and Broadway's picking up because it's tourist season. So there's a lot more people, which means a lot more tips. So most of the money comes in during touring season. And then during the winter, you kind of just make enough to scrape by. So it's, 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 you have to plan ahead, but the seasons are pretty consistent, so you can actually play ahead. So that's a lot of fun, uh, trying to figure all that out and then make that work for you and all that jazz. So 
definitely something to keep in mind if you're a musician and you're thinking about coming and playing Broadway. Like your summertime's going to be hella busy, and then wintertime it's going to slack off a lot, and you're going to be kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel until things pick up again. Let's see. Um, so a day in the life of a Broadway musician. Um, me personally, since I live about an hour away from Broadway, I will leave my house usually two hours before we're supposed to start. So if I have a 6 to 10, I'll leave my house at 4 o'clock just because I have to travel I-24 and there is never not an accident on I-24. Um, usually it's not a big deal, and I'll park and be there a little early, but I'd rather be early than late, so I don't mind. Um, I will load the gear that I take. Um, almost all the bars have house drums, so all I have to take are my breakables, so cymbals, snare drum, throne, pedal, that kind of stuff. So I load it all up on a cart, and then I walk to whichever gig I'm playing at. Um, I try to time it to where I'll get there about two songs before the band before me quits, so that I'm not just hanging out for too long. Band before me quits, they'll jump off stage real quick, we'll set up real quick. It's usually about a 20 to 30 minute process. Um, we'll sound check real quick, and then we're off to the races. Start playing. Um, like I said, the sets, we usually play about three and a half hours. It's a four hour shift, but once you take time to set up and tear down, it's about three and a half hours of playing and it's three and a half solid hours. The bands don't take a break. Um, depending on who you're playing with, they'll do a couple acoustic songs and give everybody a chance to go to the bathroom and grab a drink. Um, but music has to be going the entire time. So somebody is on stage playing the entire time during the shift. Um, and there's, I mean, there's been a bunch of times where we haven't gotten, uh, any kind of break just because there's a big crowd and we don't want to lose them. So we play the entire three and a half, four hours, um, which isn't a huge deal. Uh, I actually like that a lot better than the play 45 take a 15 that is pretty standard and i definitely like it better than any longer breaks than a 15 um because it makes everything just kind of drag on and it it makes it way harder so yeah um we play the three and a half hours once it hits our time to stop we tear down i'll load my stuff back up um, walk my gear to the parking garage and either go home or hang out until my next shift if I have a double. So that's basically what that looks like. Um, there's not a whole lot to it. I mean, it's show up, play, get paid, go home. There's not really a lot to think about there. Um, a lot of of because Broadway is such a big touristy spot, it is not uncommon at all to see um, random famous people. Uh, I was playing with Tyler at AJ's, and 
getting ready to set up, and Rodney Carrington comes in, and he's absolutely plastered at this point. He comes up, and he puts his arm around me, and he thinks we're the band that just got off stage. So he's telling us how good we are, and, I mean, you can tell he's just having an absolute blast. And he looks at me, and he puts his hand out to shake my hand, so I grab his hand, shake his hand, and he goes, Hey, I'm Rodney Carrington. I go, Yeah, I know. And he smiles real big. He goes, You guys were great. I go, Oh, well, thank you. And he's like, Where are you at now? It's like, Oh, well, we're fixing to play some more. And he was like, Great, well, I'm going to hang out and listen to you. Well, we get up on stage, and by then he's moved on to, I think, the third floor. Is second or third floor, either way. I didn't see him again that night, but that was super fun. Um, we've had artists come in and sit in with us. Um, that happens relatively regularly. Um, now that Miranda has a bar on Broadway, uh, it seems like she's there pretty frequently, which is not uncommon. Um, if somebody has a bar on Broadway, especially like shortly after it opens up, they're doing a lot of promotional stuff for it. And so they're there a lot. And then because obviously like they have a new bar on Broadway with their name on it, if they're in town and just hanging out, like that's where they're going to go hang out. So that's not unusual at all. Um, let's see here. What should we talk about? Um, some of my favorite places on Broadway if I'm hanging out. Um, I try and avoid the Tootsie's Clubs at all costs, especially if I'm just hanging out, just because they are um, some of the most popular just because everybody knows that name. And so there's a lot of people and like kind of to the point to where it kind of ruins everything. So I try to avoid those, and I mean, they're just not the best places. Like, they're crowded and cramped, so like everybody's there, but even on top of that, like they're just, they're not the best places. They don't have the best sound, they don't have the best bands, they don't have the best anything. So I usually avoid the Tootsie's Clubs. Um, if you are into country, country music, and you want to hear more, um, not pop country or bro country or rock or anything like that, then stay up toward the front of Broadway. So like around like um, where 4th and 5th intersect Broadway. Um, so there you have, of course, you've got some of the Tootsies Clubs, but you have Legends, Second Fiddle, The Stage, Crossroads. They're all in the same in the same vein there. And so you're going to get a lot more of, like, the 90s country. You're still going to get some, you know, Luke Bryan and some Florida Georgia Line and some of the more pop stuff um, just because people are going to request it. But that's where you're most likely to hear your 90s country stuff. Or if you want to hear, you know, if you want to hear George Strait, you're probably going to hear it there versus, like, Kid Rocks or something like that. Um... The the ones to go if you're looking for food are going to be um, like Jason Aldean's, um, Miranda's, um, those kind of places. Because they um, – having the restaurant is a big part of their draw. So if you're looking to eat and listen to music, like those are some good places. Um, 
I like Tin Roof a lot. Um, I like their food a lot, and they have a lot of great musicians that play there. Um, but again, with those, you're going to get a little bit wider variety of music, so you're not going to get just country. Um, you're going to get a little bit more pops, more rock, some stuff like that. So the further down you go toward the river, um, the more, I guess energetic and more like rock and upbeat stuff and like really heavy hitting stuff you're going to start to hear. And that's very generalized because there's a bunch of different bars. So like you could very well run into a nineties country band down there too. But just as a general kind of thought, the closer you get to the river, the more like rock and like party band type thing you're going to get. Um, <clears throat> there's even, uh, there's even becoming like quite a few like, uh, pop punk and emo music that's getting, that's getting a lot more push. Uh, I've got a buddy, Will, who I'm trying to get on the podcast, but, um, he put together like a pop punk emo band that plays Broadway and they're fantastic. I absolutely love them. Um... So that that's kind of the flavor dynamic of Broadway. Do to do to do. I guess. I mean it's about it's about all there is to that. Um Nashville has a lot of special events. I say a lot. Uh they have a few, but they're big. So we're coming up on CMA Fest. And CMA Fest is super crazy and unique for musicians, especially on Broadway. Because there's just so much stuff going on everywhere. And so many people come to town. It is absolutely insane. So, depending on your shift, you could have an amazing shift. Or, you could have somebody not even 100 feet away from you doing sound check or something like that and completely ruin your shift as far as having a crowd. Um, the first CMA Fest that I played in town, right out my window, Dan and Shay was doing sound check <coughs> for their performance later that evening. And so if you've got Dan and Shay right outside, then you don't have anybody in the bar. So there for a while, like, I think we took, like, a solid 15 minutes, and we didn't even really play. We just kind of hung out and waited for Dan and Shay to get done so people would come back in and we could start playing again. Um, wasn't great monetarily, but it was super cool to be able to sit there and watch Dan and Shay soundcheck and perform a song a few times in, like, less than 100 feet from them. So that was really cool. Um, Nashville had the NFL draft a couple years ago, and again, uh, I think I was playing the, the same bar, but, uh, we were playing, and Bruno Mars was playing at the other end of Broadway, and so everybody that was on Broadway was down there listening to Bruno Mars, and we didn't have anybody in the bar, and I would have much preferred go listening to Bruno Mars, so... That was pretty cool, I guess. Um, I've seen 
several people during like CMA Fest and other events like that. Um, if I didn't get to catch their actual performance, I saw sound check stuff. Um, so that that's a lot of fun, and like we're there for that. So that's kind of neat. Fourth um, of July, I've played one Fourth of July in Nashville, and it was horrid. So there, everybody packed on Broadway. They had a big stage up toward Fifth. Um, and had artists playing on that all day. I played a triple that day. So I got there early in the morning, and then I was there all night. And um, when it come time to where I had like a gap, um, my big thing was I wanted to find food because I'd been there all morning and I needed to eat, and I had a four-hour window to eat. And it took the entire four hours to get food. I got food, shoved it in my mouth, walked outside to see just like a couple fireworks go off, and then had to basically run to start the next gig. But yeah, so there's some uh, there's some Broadway stories for you. There's a pretty solid, I think, description of how Broadway works for bands and musicians. Um talked about tourist season and the off season um and then my story on where i came from musically and kind of what my deal was and how i got to nashville so yeah um overall moving to the nashville area has allowed me to work music full-time and make enough money to live so like it's been an absolute blessing. Um, there's a lot of things that I still want to do and I'm still working toward and hopefully we'll get there. But if not, I mean, I get to make music for a living and it's quite possibly the best job in the world. So I'm definitely not complaining. But yeah, that's my first solo podcast. If you would like um, to suggest some topics for my next solo podcast, since busy season is picking up, it is getting harder and harder to get people um, willing to come out for a podcast, so there's probably going to be a few more of these, so yeah, I would I would like to know what you guys want me to talk about. Um, all of my socials are Story of Bob, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, um, not really Twitter, I'm there, but I don't use it a whole lot, uh, TikTok, so yeah. Um, any of those. I also have, I just put up the um, Nashville for Nobody's Instagram page, so follow me there. Um, there's already a Facebook page. Um, so yeah, that's 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 what I'm doing there. Um, if you notice, there was an ad, which means that the podcast is actually like capable of making money now. So that's super cool. I'm excited about that. This little fun project is growing, and I am enjoying it. Um, so yeah, if there's anything you would like to hear, anybody you're interested in hearing on the podcast, um, if you have friends, if you're interested in being on the podcast, reach out, let me know. I'd love to have you. I'd, uh, I'd love to hear from you guys. Um, so I guess, as always, it's never too late to tip your bartender, and please don't forget to tip your band. Tip your band.